0: We have words to uh, to live by here in the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Having confessed the creed earlier in the, in the service, I'm going to begin with the question, then, what does this mean? And we're focusing right now on the middle portion of the meaning of the second article. What does this mean? It was redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, Purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the death, not with bold or sin, but with his holy presence, blood, and with his innocent suffering and death. This is most certainly true. Working our way through the Christian teaching of the uh, Ten Commandments and now the Apostles' Creed in preparation for the, uh, the uh, Lord's Prayer later on in the Upcoming new year, the gifts that God gives to us through Jesus are point by point delivered in this uh this uh, section of frequently frequently asked questions. What did Jesus do for us? And thank you. Yes. And we'll specifically get there a little later on in the sermon. But when we think about this time of the church year in this time of the season, in getting ready for Christmas, let's remember what the Lord Jesus accomplished when we celebrate the Nativity of our Lord. Now, Christmas has taken on all kinds of ways of celebrating, has it? And, and for, for some of the folks that I'm getting to know uh, around our area, too, uh, in new ways, uh, there is a lot of concern about the the overlay of celebration of Christmas, and and what is the what what's the meat and potatoes of this? And the second article of the Apostles' Creed holds no punches whatsoever. It begins right where we need to begin. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus the Christ is our Redeemer. He has purchased and won us by doing all of the things that we recite in the Greek, beginning with conceived of the Holy Spirit. Now, we didn't have a worship service on March 25th, although we certainly could have the moment in which jesus is conceived in the womb of mary is not unimportant for all of us in fact we kind of we kind of subsume we kind of gather under into our celebration of christmas that first step we kind of assume it but but let's take just a moment to recognize the wonder of what happened when the word of god was made flesh in a one cell moment. See, Jesus didn't just appear out of nowhere. He went through this entire process of being in the womb of Mary from the very beginning of, of the word from Gabriel coming to, to Mary's ears. The Lord is with you. And so Jesus The Son of God, God the Son, the Word made flesh, is made flesh even even at that first moment, that that initial stage when the holiness of God takes on the human nature that each one of us shares, but does it perfectly in this this brand new and fresh way that that had never been done before. And and not only is it a miracle just for the sake of having it be a miracle and because Jesus is Jesus, but we have to understand that all of these things, all of these bullet points of the accomplishments of the Savior are done for you and for your salvation. Why does Jesus need to be conceived of the Holy Spirit? Because none of us were conceived perfectly. All of us inherit the corruption that Adam and Eve uh, delivered to all of us. And so we need saving from the very first moment of life. From the very first moment of life, we are directed towards death unless Jesus intervenes. And when Jesus intervenes, that direction towards death is redirected Towards eternal life. And he captures up every aspect of our human nature, every aspect of our human experience, every aspect of the way we travel from the beginning of life all the way until not just the end of life, but our deaths, but but even into eternal life. You see, Isaiah had talked about this in the second half of his lesson. He talked about the highway. That God was providing for his people. He talked about this highway that God was providing. And, and for Isaiah in his time and place, that certainly was a, a, a promise that the people of God were going to be, were going to be traveling safely safely from exile in Babylon back to Jerusalem and Judea. That was certainly the initial promise. But, but what does Jesus do with that promise? When he takes hold of that promise that that God would make a perfect path, right? That even, even dummies like me won't get lost. Fools will find their way, he says, right? So even, even folks who get lost when their GPS shuts down, they'll be able to be just fine all the way from, from beginning to end of the road. Because one of the titles Jesus uses for himself is that He is He is the way. Right? So He's not when, when Isaiah is talking about the way, he's talking about that Highway. He's talking about this, this path that the Lord is going to provide. But then Jesus takes that on Himself. He says, He says, I'm the way, I'm the road. The whole path that I have gone from heaven above to earth I've come through this entire pathway of, of suffering under Pontius Pilate and, and crucifixion and death and burial even descending into hell and then rising from the dead to be ascending into heaven this this up and down and all the way back again this way that the Christ travels is the way that he gathers us onto so that from the very beginning of our lives from from point one from from one cell will be Born and live under his canopy of hospitality and joy and in his way from first to last until finally, finally, we are gathered together at the throne of God to our final destination around the, the temple of God and the, the throne of the Lamb with all the nations gathered around us. So, this beginning. Is, is not something to do away with, because it is part of what we need. We, we, begin, we begin with our very first, not even just steps, but with our first cells dividing with the idea that this is going to die on some level at some point, unless the Lord God intervenes. And so he does by his word and Through his gift of holy baptism and by the gifts of coming to us in faith by the Holy Spirit, he brings Jesus to us so that we are born again, born a second time, born from above, so that we have that gift along with the gift of physical life. We have eternal life. So he's planted all of that even before the very first step of any of us outside of our mother's womb. He has redeemed us, lost and condemned creatures, purchased and won us from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. The signs that Isaiah pointed out and the signs that that Jesus reminds John's disciples of are all of those ways that the Lord rolls back the effects of sin The the lame walking again, the the eyes of the blind being opened again, the the deaf being able to hear, and and all of these leading to to resurrection, right? All of these pre-resurrection miracles are all gearing up for the fact that Jesus, the the one who has authority over life and death, is going to call his people out of their graves and give to them eternal life. The dead are raised. The good news is preached to the poor. This good news of of gift and forgiveness is the very message of the forgiveness of sin. That everything that would lock us away from God the Father, everything that would lock us away from hearing his good news, what what would stop up our ears and close off our minds and hearts, that through this word he pierces that darkness. So that we can hear and praise him with full-throated joy on a day like this. Each of these gifts during his life and ministry is pointing forward to the fact that he is binding Satan at the cross. That he is forgiving sins at the cross. That he is in his resurrection providing the gift that we can trust in, because I live, you will live also. And so free from all of those things, he has truly redeemed us, bought us back from where we were, (laughs) taken hold of us and paid the price so that we are free and owned by the Lord instead of any other power of darkness that would see see our lives end in misery. He has done this. He has done this ultimately as he has walked the way that he was set out by his Father, all the way to the cross and through the cross, going into the presence of hell so that he might cancel yours and my reservations, that we might never have to experience that ourselves, but to proclaim himself absolute victor over all things, and that he's done this by taking on our death, through innocently embracing every aspect of the wrath of the Father, so that, again, we are free of it. These gifts, appointed for Jesus of Nazareth, God the Son, to endure and to provide, are all gifts he provides to you. And so, as we announce the truths of the Apostles' Creed, we can recognize that it's not just about Jesus at all, but it's actually about us. Was conceived of the Holy Spirit for you, was born of the Virgin Mary for you, suffered under Pontius Pilate for you, crucified for you, died for you, was buried to sanctify your grave, ascended into hell for you, rose from the dead for you, ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty to deliver all of these good gifts right now in the present tense for you until he appears again to call out the verdict over all people living and dead. These gifts the Lord Jesus does and provides abundantly and overflowing without measure to every generation and to every person as his proclamation to them: I have done this for you. The second article of Apostles' Creed is not a past tense article at all. It is exactly what the Lord Jesus has done, but now gives, with an open hand and an outstretched arm, to provide all of these gifts for you. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen.